Well, good morning. Man, it's good to see you today. I had to preach my message from last Sunday to an empty room on Monday. My wonderful associate pastor and oldest son had this great idea. Dad, we need to have you preach on Monday, and we'll post it on Tuesday. That way we can, we can get right into our series for March, and we don't have to have any issues. And theoretically, I thought that was a great idea until I realized I was going to have to preach to an empty room. So I did my best, and I preached to an empty room. Now, if you know me, you know that preaching to an empty room would not be my favorite thing to do. So I finished it. I felt pretty good about myself. I head back out toward the office, and I'm just kind of basking in the afterglow of having preached to an empty room. It's pretty good, I got to tell you. And Benjamin... (laughs) Benjamin had come into the sanctuary, and he comes back out by the office, and he said, are you prepared to hate me? I said, why is that? And he said, well, something uh, didn't work right, and it didn't record the audio. I need you to preach it again. (laughs) It was anointed. Just want you to know that. Well, I'm excited because we're starting a brand new series. It's a brand new month. Goodbye, February. And our series is called Destined to Dream. Now, most commonly when we hear the word dream, we think of the thoughts or images that happen while we're asleep. And so those can be pretty weird, can't they? I mean, really, would you want to share some of your dreams? Um, I don't tell anybody some of, and I've had some weird ones, okay? I, I, I have had some that I, yeah, it's, it's not good. And um, there's an article by, by Amerisleep.com that's, that's called The Five Reasons That You're Having Weird Dreams. Okay, let me just tell you a few of them. Number one is eating heavy or spicy food right before bed. In fact, that was, that was the number one that they mentioned uh, that will cause you to have weird dreams. If you're taking some sort of a, 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 a supplement or you know, some sort of a, a natural herb to help with sleeping, that can cause you to have some weird dreams. Uh, binge watching Netflix before bed. That's a new thing. Uh, Or being super stressed out. Those things will cause you to have uh, very weird dreams. There's a British survey of 2,000 adults and over 60% of them reported uh, being more likely to have bad dreams after watching a scary or a gruesome movie. And I remember when I was a kid, uh, my parents allowed my brother Dan and I to stay up late at night, uh, at least what we thought was late at night, and we were fairly young, and they were, they were going to let us watch a horror flick, okay? 
And so I remember, uh, I can still remember that green uh, sculpted carpet in our living room on Schaller Street and, and the big wood console TVs. You remember those? Okay. And, and we were sitting about two feet from the TV, you know. And, and so we're, we're sitting there and, and we watch this horror flick. And, and when it's done, I can still remember leaving the hall light on, okay, and we shared a bedroom, and that night we shared the top bunk, okay? Because we were scared spitless, okay, after watching that horror flick, and I was convinced we were, we were done. I, we were doomed. And parents, I just, I, let me give you this, this little bit of parental advice. Do not ever allow your children to stay up late at night and watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Because that child catcher dude will stick in their minds forever. Okay? It is a bad, bad movie. August 28, 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King delivered his very famous speech where he said, I have a dream. His dream was that one day, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics would stand together in freedom and equality and justice. He had a dream. It wasn't the kind of dream that you have when you're asleep. There are different kinds of dreams. A dream can be an ambition, an aspiration, a hope, a goal, a plan, an aim, an objective, an intention, a desire, or a yearning. And I want you to know that I believe that here today at Silver Creek Church, here in the sanctuary, out in the hub or in the cafe or someone watching online, that God has placed dreams in your heart. And you don't even know it. For you, it's, it's just a yearning. It's just a desire. It's, just a, it's an aim. It's something that you think about and you don't realize that it's from God. You don't realize that he's put it there in your heart. And he desires to bring those things about. Let me do a little bit of review for you. God made a promise to a man named Abraham. He said, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. We know that at the age of 100, Abraham became a father to a little boy named Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. And Jacob had many sons from two wives and two maidservants. I would not advise this particular way of procreation. Okay? You think you got trouble now, sir. <laughs> You're going to have a lot more trouble if you try it like that. But Jacob's wife, Rachel, was the wife, the, the woman that he truly loved, and she bore him only two children, two sons. One of them's name was Joseph, and the other was Benjamin. And the story of Joseph's life is recorded in Genesis 38 to 50. Think of that, the detail from his life. Genesis 38 to 50. What an incredible story. 
It begins in chapter 37 when Joseph is a young man of 17 years of age and he is his father's favorite. I I don't know how this topic keeps coming up, but again, I tell you folks, it is not a good idea to pick favorites from your kids. It just doesn't turn out well. And if you, in your heart, would have to admit that, certainly don't make that known to anyone else, okay? But he was his father's favorite. Can you imagine the family dynamics with two wives and two other women that you've had children with, and now you've picked a favorite from among them? Imagine the drama, the, the infighting, the incredible uh, difficult dynamics that were involved in that family. And now dad is going to make it even worse. He has made for his favorite son a special garment. They call it a robe. It was a, an ornamented robe. It was very decorative. It was very special. We grew up hearing about the coat of many colors that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And the problem is here that now, okay, they may have been suspicious that Joseph was his dad's favorite. Now they know it for sure, okay? And, and this thing is so special, because something like that would normally be reserved for the firstborn, for the eldest, okay? Those of you that are the eldest, you just say amen. Amen. Okay, thank you very much. But now, it's, 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 in fact, it's so bad that, that it's, the scripture says that they hated Joseph for it. Now, what did Joseph do to deserve that kind of treatment? Now, the Bible does tell us that he did have a little bit of a problem. He was a tattletale, okay? And tattletales normally are the youngest, okay? Let's just be honest, okay, right? Mom, Dad, they're doing this, right? Are you with me? Oldest, are you with me, right? I mean, that, that is middle even, you know, that's, that's right. Those youngest, they, they're tattletales, and that's what Joseph was on the younger end, and, and he, was, he was a tattletale, the scripture tells us. You, you're looking at me like I'm making this up. You have Bibles, right? I mean, you can check out what I'm saying to make sure, okay? But that's what it tells us about him. And, and, but he didn't do anything to deserve the hate, and throughout Joseph's life, dreams played a significant role. And I want to look at three different sets of dreams that happened during Joseph's life. And the first set were Joseph's dreams. He had two dreams. The second set of dreams were a man named Potiphar. His dreams, he had two dreams. And then two other dreams were had by Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. We're going to look at these different sets of dreams because I believe that today God wants to speak to you about a dream that he has placed in your heart. So let's go to the first set, set number one, and I'm calling it bringing in the sheaves and planetary realignment, okay? That's the first set of dreams. So remember, Joseph is 17 years old, okay? Remember when you were 17 and what you were like. Okay, as you read this, all right? It's not a good thing. It's scary when you think of it in those terms. 
But in his first dream, Joseph and his brothers were bundling up sheaves of grain, okay? The harvest has happened, um, and they are collecting the the sheaves of grain, and they are tying them into bundles. They're going to use everything. They're going to use the heads of grain. They're going to use the stalks. They're going to use everything, and that's what they're, they're harvesting those up. And in Joseph's dream, his sheaf of grain began to elevate above the other 11 sheaves of grain. He had 11 brothers. And his sheaf began to elevate, and it stood upright above the others, and the others gathered around him, and they bowed down to it. The other sheaves in this dream, that's what he saw. He knew that his sheaf was rising, theirs gathered around him, and they bowed down to him. Now, his brothers already hated him because he was his father's favorite, maybe even because he was a tattletale, but now they hated him even more, and this deeply offended them, and they said, do you intend to rule over us? This was a legitimate question in their culture because Joseph would not have been chosen to be his father's primary heir. That would have fallen to Reuben, who was the oldest. So that question was not a a ridiculous question. It was unthinkable, though, that he would consider this. He's just telling them what his dream was. He didn't say, I'm going to rule over you. He just said, hey, guys, I had this really cool dream. Let me tell you about it. And as if that wasn't bad enough, he has a second dream. And in this second dream, he sees the sun He sees the moon, and he sees 11 stars, and they are all bowing down to him. And in this dream, the the sun and the moon clearly represent his father and his mother, and the 11 stars clearly represent his brothers. And everyone knew what this kind of a dream meant. And, and not, if you were Joseph, why would you utter a word of this? They already hate your guts. Why wouldn't you just learn to keep your mouth shut? But you know, according to the scriptures, and according to Bible scholars, dreams were considered a means of divine communication, and Joseph was literally under an obligation to share this with his family. But let me tell you, it wasn't easy. Because now, not only do his brothers hate him, but his father begins to question him and says, Joseph, will we really come and bow down to you? His brothers are jealous. His father is suspicious of him. These two dreams that he has had, they are, they are basically one and the same dream, which we will find out later in Joseph's life, means that God has firmly established the matter and that God is going to do it very soon. And as a result of their hatred for him, Joseph's brothers hatch a plan to kill him. Genesis chapter 37, starting at verse number 19. I want you to look at this. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. 
Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. They hated him. You see, this dream didn't fit within the patriarchal norms of their culture. Sometimes those that are closest to you may even turn against you when God puts a dream in your heart and you let others know what that dream is. It may not fit into what they expected for a plan in your family or what is expected even in your society. But when God gives you a dream, don't be surprised when the enemy begins to mock you and when the enemy begins to scheme in order to kill that dream. Are you with me? John chapter 10 and verse 10 tells us that the enemy comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal that dream. He wants to kill it. He wants to destroy it. Why? Because God has a purpose for it. Dream number two, set number two. I call it cupcakes and prison bars. Joseph was sold into slavery. His brothers, they were going to kill him, but then uh, the oldest finally had some sense. It's the way it is with everything. The oldest is the guy with the sense, you know, that finally is dawned on. No, I'm tempted. And so, and so he, he says, let's, hey, let's not, let's, you know, let's take it easy here, guys. Let's just put him in the cistern and we'll figure this thing out. And, and then when the oldest was gone, the rest of them said, hey, there's a, there's a, there's a group of traveling uh, people here. Let's sell the kid to them so at least we can get something out of the deal. Okay? And so they decided to do that. He's sold into slavery. He winds up, uh, winds up working for a man named Potiphar who is Pharaoh's captain of the guard. And in chapter 39, in verse 2, look at what it says. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. They wanted to kill his dream. His dream, it wasn't his goal. It was just a dream that God had placed in his heart. His family wanted to kill that dream. And look what happens. Still, even though they've sold him into slavery, he is uh, he is. Uh, prospering, the Lord is with him. It says he has success in everything he does, that he finds favor in his boss's eyes, that he is put in charge of everything that his boss owns, that his boss doesn't worry about anything except the food that he puts in his mouth. That is the type of promotion that Joseph experienced. When God plants a dream in you, you're going to find favor in weird places. Are you with me? You're going to find favor in some strange places that you never thought would happen, but because of that God dream, it's going to spark a connection. You're going to have favor from the Lord, and you're going to have those, that favor is just going to come from weird places. Now, Joseph was, it, the Bible tells us that Joseph was, he was a good-looking kid. It says he was handsome and well-built. That's not bad, right? I mean, that's pretty good. And the Bible says that, that uh, Potiphar's wife took notice of him. 
In fact, she came on to him. But the Bible says that Joseph rejected her advances. He, in fact, he would not even be around her. Okay, he knew he knew this was bad bad news, and so he avoided her in his duties. But the Bible says that she falsely accused him of making sexual advances toward her, and as a result, her husband believed it, and he was put in prison. Now, I don't know about what you think, but I don't think that this sounds fair. Do you? I, I don't think that this sounds fair. Joseph hasn't done anything wrong. In fact, he's done his best. He's done his best. Now, maybe God has put a dream in your heart and you're trying to do your best for him. In fact, you might even be experiencing some favor and some success, but others around you keep trying to tear it down. They want to destroy that dream. God has given you a dream and, and, and others, just they just keep trying to tear it apart, try to destroy it. For Joseph, once he was in prison, I want you to look at his response because this is something that we need. God's placed a dream in you. Others try to tear it down. Things don't seem fair. What is our response? What is our attitude? And I want you to see Joseph's attitude. He doesn't get mad at God. In fact, he doesn't even get mad at Potiphar, but he stays positive. Chapter 39, verse 20 and 21, it says, But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. The prison warden... He does the same thing that Potiphar does. He begins to promote Joseph. And pretty soon, he's Joseph, Joseph is his assistant, I would imagine. And then pretty soon, Joseph just keeps taking on new and more responsibilities. And pretty soon, Joseph is in charge of the prison under the warden. Talk about the inmates running the asylum, okay? That's exactly what's happening here. God gives Joseph success in whatever he does while he's in prison. Now, let me ask you a question here. I want to pause and ask you this question. Would you rather live in Potiphar's house in compromise or live in prison with favor and success? You see, because Joseph could have played the game. Okay, he could have played the game. He could, when she came on to him, he could have thought this thing through and said, you know, if, if, I, if, if I reject her advances, eventually she, something's going to happen and I'm going to get a, but if I would go along with it, maybe everything will be okay. Would you rather live in Potiphar's house with compromise or would you rather have to go to prison for not having compromise but yet have favor and success given by God in that other circumstance? Well, Joseph chose not to compromise and during his time in prison, took on new responsibility. One day, a couple of new prisoners come in to the prison. They are put under Joseph's responsibility. They happen to be the cupbearer of Pharaoh and Pharaoh's baker. 
And on the same night, these two guys have dreams. But they don't understand their dreams. And they, they are scared about their dreams, and they share their dreams with Joseph, and Joseph interprets both of their dreams. He tells the cupbearer, you're going to be reinstated by Pharaoh. Hey, that's pretty good news. He tells the baker, not so good for you. In fact, you're going to lose your head. And he says, this is going to happen in three days. And Joseph says to the cupbearer, I want you to be sure to remember me when you go back into Pharaoh's court because I'm here unfairly. I didn't do anything wrong and I want you to remember and tell him about my story. I'm innocent. Well, three days later, it happened to be Pharaoh's birthday, and Pharaoh wanted to do some, some things, some fun stuff, I guess, on his birthday. And so he decided to call both of those guys out of prison and bring them and have them stand before him. And indeed, he reinstated the cupbearer to his former position and the baker he had hung. But the cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot about Joseph. The truth is that sometimes you're going to be left rotting in the prison while others go free and forget that they ever knew you. What are you going to continue to do? Joseph continued to do his best. He continued to have favor. He continued to have success. And this went on for two more days years. Think of that. Two more years. What would you do? Would you have a pity party? Would you doubt that God could ever fulfill your dreams? I love what 1 Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. You may feel like you're being put down, but when God's timing is right, he's going to elevate that dream and there's nothing that anyone around you can do to stop it. If you continue to be positive, if you continue to find the favor of God in those that are around you. So set number three, ugly cows and scorched heads. I was sharing this with the worship team this morning. They thought it was a great name for a heavy metal band. <laughs> Two years goes by, he hears nothing. How depressed would you be? Really, come on, let's just be honest. Would you be depressed? I would feel terrible. I'd feel like, man, all, I, all I've done and, and, and nothing. But he continues to experience favor, success, responsibility, and then it happens. Pharaoh has two dreams. In the first dream, he sees seven fat cows. And those seven fat cows are followed by seven skinny cows. And the seven skinny cows eat the seven fat cows. Then he has another dream, and he sees seven healthy heads of grain. And those seven healthy heads of grain are followed by seven skinny scorched, unhealthy heads of grain, and the skinny, scorched, unhealthy heads of grain eat the healthy ones. And yet they literally don't look any different. 
Pharaoh brings all of his wise men, all of his magicians in before him, and he wants them to interpret it, and no one has the answer. And then, ding, the cupbearer remembers Joseph. And he says to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you know what? I've, I've really been, I've been remiss, and, and, and I've made some mistakes here. I, I, haven't, I haven't told you about this guy, but when you had me in prison, I met a guy... I had a dream, your, your baker had a dream, and he told us what our dreams meant, and he told us that it would be three days, and three days later, you restored me, and you hung the baker. Pharaoh, I know that, that Joseph can interpret your dreams. So Pharaoh brings Joseph before him, he tells him the dreams, asks him to interpret them, and Joseph says this, he said, I cannot do it, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Let me tell you something, whenever God uses you in your gift, when God puts the dream in your heart, and it begins to happen, and, you, and, and, and there's, there's some things begin to shake loose, don't take credit for it. Give all the glory to him. Because it's going to be bigger than you are. The two dreams are one and the same. God has shown Pharaoh the future, Joseph said. There'll be seven years of abundance followed by seven years of famine. Joseph said, put somebody in charge. Have them store up grain during the seven years of, uh, of the good years to save up for the bad. Joseph tells Pharaoh that the dream, uh, is because he's had it twice, it's the exact same thing. And that God has settled the matter and it's going to happen fast. Pharaoh, you got to move now. Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. Joseph says, So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man? Talking about Joseph. One in whom is the Spirit of God. Pharaoh recognized God's favor, God's presence in Joseph's life. So he puts Joseph in charge of the whole process. Joseph is number two in Egypt, only under Pharaoh. Jesus tells us in Matthew 25, 23, he said, when we're faithful in the little, God makes us ruler over much. When God puts that dream in your heart and he bring, begins to bring it to pass, don't, don't worry that you're in a small place because God has a way of promoting. I want you to think about this. When this happened to Joseph, he was 30 years old. It's been a long 13-year journey in his life. After this, Joseph gets married. He has children. His first son, he names him Manasseh. And it means God has made me forget all my trouble. Joseph was living pretty good. Living pretty good. Things were going great. He's collecting all the grain for seven years. And during that seven, uh, the, the, the seven good years, in fact, he has so much it can't be counted. And then during the seven years of famine, Joseph sells it back to the people and to other nations. And it sounds like the story is over. It's been a great life, Joseph. It's been a great run. Man, thank the Lord that God raised you up. And that's not the end of the story you see, in Genesis chapter 42, we read that his brothers came back from Canaan to Egypt to buy grain because the famine had reached the neighboring area of Canaan. And so 
The Bible says in verses 5 and 6 of Genesis 42, So Israel, that's Jacob, his sons were among those who went to buy grain, for there was famine in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all his people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed to him with their faces to the ground. Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. This sounds familiar. Okay, I remember a 17-year-old tattletale punk who had a dream that his brothers would bow to him. Sounds like that's what's happening. It's the exact same dream. Now, we know from the Scripture that Joseph didn't reveal himself right away. He wanted to find out if, if they were on the up and up, if they were remorseful. But eventually, he reveals his identity to them and he forgives them. And he says in Genesis 50, verse 20, he said, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. His father also comes, his whole family, they bow down before God. God brings those dreams to pass. And we think, boom. Oh, man, that is, that's, God, thank you for that amazing dream. It wasn't even something that I wanted, but you gave it to me and it happened. Joseph is now 39 years old at this point. Would you be willing to wait 22 years? Would you be willing to be sold into slavery, to be falsely accused, to be thrown into prison, to be forgotten in order that the dream that God put in your heart will come to pass? You say, I don't know. I don't know, Pastor. That's a... That's a pretty, pretty long time to wait. Let me ask it this way. Will you dare to dream a dream that God desires to place in your heart? You might not even know how that dream fits into God's plan. Joseph had no idea. He had no idea. And, and we think, well, it's just about feeding you know, the people and, and it's about, it's about uh, Jacob and his family. No, it's about the people of Israel. And there in Egypt, they flourished. And then they left Egypt. And then they, went, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Then they went to the promised land. And those 11 brothers of Joseph's, they were known together as the 12 tribes of Israel. And those became people that through them, Israel became that nation that God had promised Abraham. And let me tell you, let me just, I just want you to get this. One of the names that we call Jesus is the lion of the tribe of who? Guess who was the one that wanted to sell Joseph into prison? Judah. Think about it. God had a plan all along. And his plan was not to humiliate Joseph's brothers, it wasn't even to elevate Joseph per se, but his plan was to bring a Messiah to the world for forgiveness. God planted that dream in that young man, and I believe that God has planted dreams in you. And you will, you will not even understand the gravity of it this side of glory. You won't understand until you stand face to face with Jesus.
But he has a plan. He has a dream that he wants to put in your heart. The question is, will you offer your heart as fertile ground for that dream? You might already feel it and don't even know it. Will you let him walk that through with you? even though it costs you a lot of years, even though it costs you some rejection, even though it costs you a lot of unfair things in your life, are you willing to let him use you to dream that dream? 